0: to geek Card right here on reality radio 101 and now right to your host of geek Card, andrew young and mr green
1: Welcome to the show that's not always there when you call, but is always on time, Geek Card. I'm your host, Andrew Young. With me, as always, is Mr. Green.
2: Hey, hey,
3: hey, 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 hey,
2: hey, hey. hey. Somebody's got
1: to wind him up again. He slowed down there. <laughs> oh, man. Me and Mr. Green, we were at Fan Expo last weekend. We're back now. We survived. No barely. con crud on us, which is good.
2: Yeah, I I, I I, kept thinking this was going to be the one. I kept thinking it, and then... Thinking nope. it.
1: it wasn't the one. It no. was for some people, but not for us. There we go. We got a great show for you tonight. Later on in the program, we're going to be talking with actor, director, writer, Marnie Van Dyke, about her short film, This Is Not About Swimming. That is debuting at TIFF, which is coming up, of course, next week. And it's the beginning of our TIFF coverage. We're going to be talking with her about the the short and more. I believe this is her directorial debut, so exciting times. We'll be talking about that. Uh, We're also going to be giving our review of The Equalizer 3, directed by Antoine Fuqua, and, of course, starring Denzel Washington. And then in just mere moments, we're going to be talking with Actor Kimberly Sue Murray, who is in a new film that's hit VOD and digital in Canada and in the States called Trader, And it's all about day trading and it's a one person performance for the entire film directed by Corey Stanton, who I I loved his film Robbery. Uh, We're going to be talking with Kimberly about that and more. So we got a big old show about some movies tonight.
2: Yes, 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 we do.
1: And all about characters kind of trying to find where they belong, where they are, what place they should be in, finding a purpose. It's all kind of there. Some do it in a good way. Some do it in a bad. But that's kind of the theme tonight. And we're going to find our purpose as well by taking our first commercial break of the evening. When we come back, we're talking with Kimberly Sue Murray right here, Geek Hard. Reality Radio
0: 101.
1: A... Hey, everybody. Jimmy the Short Order Cook here, asking you, what's better than listening to Geekers? Answer, listen to Geek Card while wearing a Geek Card t shirt. And there's a place you can get them at slash user slash geek card. We got a bunch of great shirts there. We got geek card shirts. We got a Mr. Green's Tasty Meat shirt. Hell, we got a Back Issue Bloodbath shirt. For all your geek needs with your geek merch, you want to go to slash user slash geek I'm not just asking you. I'm telling you,
0: welcome back to Geek Card right here on Reality Radio One Oh One. And now back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green.
1: Welcome back to Geek Hard Friends, Andrew Young and Mr. Green here on a fun Friday night. In just a few moments, we're going to be giving our review. So actually, we're going to be giving an interview where we're talking with Kimberly Sue Murray about Trader, a new film that's available on VOD and digital. In Canada and the U.S. Before I do that, just a couple of things. Number one, just want to get out a uh, a happy birthday to a former writer for com and may or may not be a blood relative of mine, Sarah Young. Happy birthday, Sarah.
2: Happy birthday.
1: There we go. And second, people, I've asked you. It's been a couple of weeks now. I need you to go to the youtube.com slash show, subscribe, watch a couple of videos, tell your friends. Our goal is by the end of the year to get up to a thousand subscribers on youtube.com slash show. We are over half. We just need to get like another 400 and something of you. And you all got to check out some vids. We got some great vids there. And we've got some great vids coming in the coming weeks of us at Fan Expo where we talk to some pretty cool people. So definitely sign up today, youtube.com slash show. Now we're going to get into the show today, my friends, with our first guest of the evening, she is an actor who's actually been on the show before we had her back in 2019 on the program. She's back again with a new film, Trader, which is available on VOD and digital in the US and in Canada. Welcome back to the program, Kimberly Sue Murray.
3: Hello. Thanks for
1: having me again. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, so yes, so Trader. Directed yeah. by Corey Stanton. I love Corey Stanton's work. Like, Robbery was a great film from a, yeah. a, a number of years back. And seeing this, it is such an interesting piece because it's basically a one-woman show. For people who yeah. haven't heard about the film, tell us what it's all about.
3: Okay. So, Trader is um, sort of this uh, single location, single actor, psychological thriller about this woman who we know nothing about, uh, who decides to, um, take over the stock market, uh, in the confines of her basement apartment. Um, and she is willing to do pretty much anything to succeed. So it's kind of a, someone described it as an assault to your brain, which I think is a great description of the experience of trader, the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's, uh, a ride, yeah, it is, it is a
2: ride, it, definitely. No, for sure. And, and you know, and uh, one of the things I, 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 when I was watching it, I, I thought about was the, the, as you mentioned, that we don't really know about her, and mm-hmm. it kind of, <clears throat> sorry, it, it um, <clears throat> reminds me of uh, of uh, the the Joker from The Dark Knight. It's like there's multiple times we think we're getting a tidbit of a story, yeah, that may or may not be, and it's like, and I'm I've, as I'm watching, I'm like going. How much of this is like real? and then of course, there's some yeah. scenes where it's very clearly just a, just figments of her imagination
3: and, and that was what our intention was to when we were divulging information, it was to you know deliver it with 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 you know earnestness and and y- you think it's coming from a place, a real place and then and then and then not. Or maybe it is. So so it was very intentionally vague on our end. um, Because I think that's what's interesting about the character is that she is so good at manipulating. And clearly something's happened to her in her past to lead her down this really dark road.
1: Yeah, no. And like, that's the thing that's interesting is I know that you worked out a whole backstory for this character and uh, you... (laughs) You did a lot of work with uh, a dialect coach to get the yeah. voices right through all the all the different times where she's manip- manipulating people on the phone. This has got to have been like probably the most fun you've had with a character, and probably the oh. most rewarding.
3: Hands down, hands down. Only because there is so much to work with, like the script. Like Corey wrote such an amazing script that, you know, when I read it, I was like, ah, where do I even begin? Uh it was like terrifying but so exciting. It was like it felt like a roller coaster ride. Like there was no there was no jumping off. You you were just fully committed, diving in head first. And it's like either we're gonna crash and burn or this is gonna be amazing.
2: Well yeah. and 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 to that point, like It as as we've already discussed, you know, uh, in the intro is that it's it's just you like you're you're it, you know, like there's there is phone calls and there's conversations going on, but you're the only person in each scene. And when you were reading this, like, obviously, it's going to be a challenge, you know, like, but did you did you feel at all intimidated at first by that? Or is that like what really drew you to the piece?
3: Well, it kind of drew me, but then it also kind of, it was also a red flag because I hate uh, selling like phone calls. (laughs) Like you're always just acting with yourself. Um, And I I just don't like that. Um, But so it was really important for Corey and I to have the actors on set. So we had an amazing, like stellar cast of voice actors. Uh, Some of them were really good friends that I had, you know, for Sean Benson, I I had a say, in, in who played Bob the Broker? Um, Corey was like, "Is there anyone that you'd really like to work with?" And I was like, "Like Sean, like I read, I read the script, and all I could think of was Sean." Um, and so, um, yeah, we we had them on set. They were upstairs, so we shot in the basement of a barber shop. <laughs> In the middle of
1: February, right? Um, In
3: the middle of February. Like, it wasn't (laughs) great. Like, it was kind of cold and, like, damp. Um, But, yeah, I mean, we were in the basement. They were upstairs. So we got to work on the scenes. There was a live feed, so I got to hear them live. um, Because it was important for me to act with someone. So it's not just, like, my ideas of what they – because every actor brings something. Like, I don't believe in like, you know, pre- prepping your lies and it, your lines in such a way that you can just do it alone. Like you need to be reacting off of someone. So that really helps.
1: Yeah. And of course, you had great, as you mentioned, you had great people to work off of. I know that Art Handel and Ellen Dubin were two Oof. of the phone calls as well. Oh,
3: yeah. oh Yeah
1: yeah that's that's a it's a stellar cast uh yeah. doing the voices totally but uh of course, the last day you guys shot on a stage uh-huh. and that was all the what's going on in Trader's mind, yeah, and that stuff was just so interestingly woven into the film. It was like yeah. suddenly we have this art piece in the middle of this kind of gritty. Uh, you there's know, a, like... there's
3: a lot of like experimental aspects to the film, yeah, which yeah. I liked because then it's like we get to play even more. Like there's the whole drug sequence where she's tripping, and then there's the, the all of her internal, like in a way she's having a conversation with herself and her subconscious mind leaves bread breadcrumbs for her, you know, conscious uh, journey.
1: Yeah
3: which I thought I didn't know what we were and we didn't know we were going to end up on a stage. Like we were, while we were shooting uh, in the basement, we were always talking about, okay, like, what about a theater? Like sort of like a black sort of space or so we, we, we played around a lot and then finally they found that stage and we just, yeah,
1: we made it work. No, oh, Totally. Yeah. And uh, with that, you uh like within the the film it's like as as we talk about it's like this just one person kind of thing and it is such an interesting character that the audience just can automatically get lost in Uh you're you're very much a chameleon in this role and it's a very as like i've heard you talking about that you your role your goal was to start becoming more transformative in your pieces and actually be more known as the characters than you know, of course, as many actors in Canada, Canada's greatest export is Christmas films. So you did a bunch of those <laughs> and it's like, that's that's good work, but yes, there's only great. so much diversity that you can bring to those parts. So yeah. now it's like, what has it been like for you that now you're searching out these like really like complex, diverse roles?
3: Uh, you know, it was really hard in the beginning. I don't want to lie about that stuff. It really sucked. You know, I cut off my hair that was confusing to everyone and myself. And I didn't really know where I fit in for a good year. I think I I didn't work for a year and that was really hard. And it was hard to like stand by a decision that like at the time when I decided to stop doing, you know, romantic movies and, and Christmas movies, it was I was, I was feeling really confident. I was feeling really good. And on top of my game, I I was kind of like, okay, well what's the kind of actor, like, why am I doing this? Cause I'm certainly not doing it uh, for a paycheck. I'm I'm doing it. And, 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 and part of the reason why I act is because I get to escape and, and play all these different kinds of characters and travel the world and time and space and, and yeah i just had to take a good hard look at my career and and decide i had a choice either you know just keep doing whatever came my way or be a bit more selective and have a a say and yeah it took a year it was and trader was the first project that came to me after not working for a year and so i was hungry like i wanted to like i was i was willing to like give my 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 soul, my mind, everything to, to the project. And it, so it was like perfect timing. I was in a place where I really wanted to play. I really wanted to transform. I wanted to like provoke and provoke. I wanted to provoke. And I think it's a very provocative uh, movie and and character. I don't think she's very likable. And I think that's great.
1: Yeah, no, she's scary yeah. at times. <laughs> Downright yeah. scary. Terrifying. Terrifying. I was, like, terrifying, I I was the watching ra- the film going, wait a second, we've talked to her before. She's really nice. She's a great <laughs> actor because this is scary. I think
3: it's out the out nicest actors I get to because there's no shame or guilt going there because it's like, I'm not that. So then I can go and do that. Yeah. Uh, knowing that, you know, no one's going to speak to me differently for, for going there, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I just like as Andrew mentioned, like I, I, it's so interesting to think about how like in Canada, like a lot of actors do, you know, the holiday films, and you know, but then we also see you guys in films like Trader, right? Like where you you get away from that element, that kind of you know schmaltzy, happy, you know, very happy uh, universes into something where, like as you said, like is provocative, it's challenging, it's not yeah. uh, a world full of well, nice people. And let's face facts. Like as I was watching the, like the opening scene alone,
1: yeah. all I was
2: like, that should just be clipped and then shown to everybody over 60 years old.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and you know what? It's so wild because my grandma, my poor grandma uh was scammed that way i mean they she never went as far as giving her credit card information or anything but it happened over months and months you know and and that sorry my dog is just gnawing on the (laughs) web behind me um so yeah like she was getting phone calls and we knew that but she was getting phone calls from this man who was very interested in her and and got he would spend hours talking to her and he was grooming her in a way and eventually we we knew where it was leading, but it was heartbreaking to have to tell my grandma, you know this guy that's been calling you, he's not interested in you he's interest he's he's scamming you um but yeah, it happened over a couple of months, and then you know we knew where it was heading, but it was kind of like we had to break her heart um so yeah, that's i mean it's real this whole like phone credit card scam. Yes they're they're vulnerable people they they're lonely they want to talk they 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 don't understand how like you you know you shouldn't give your credit card information over the phone or even oh my god recently probably last year or maybe it was a couple years ago my mom got an email from her best friend saying like oh I'm in Africa and I got like my wallet stolen and I I need money blah 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 and she called her by her name and like talked about her kids and all of a sudden my mom was like oh my god my 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 friend needs me and i was like no mom she she got hacked and my mom couldn't even wrap her brain around the idea like what is being hacked what's hacked and then it's like what do you mean that's not her but she used my name how does she know my name it's like these people are really good at what they do absolutely and they have zero remorse
2: oh yeah Z- like none at all like it's just it just they just do it they love it. And I, I actually just recently had a conversation with my mother about this because I was ex- trying to explain to her the future that we are rapidly moving into with AI and oh, how yeah. these scams are going to get a million times worse and yeah. easier to and do. And better. Yeah. They're
3: going to get better. Yeah. It's not
2: even going to be like the old, like, like, as I, you know, I kind of jokingly refer to anybody over 60, but it's like, it's going to be anybody soon that's going to fall prey to these scams because they're going to have our voices and our information because so much of us live online.
3: Yeah. Do you know how I, hate, I don't trust anybody? Like, I, I clearly <laughs> have trust issues. Whenever I get a phone call, I'm like, nope, I hang up. <laughs> like, if I don't recognize the number, I will like, I don't care if it's like an automated message or a real person, Airbnb, because we have a my partner and I have a, we run an Airbnb. And uh, sometimes when there's issues, they, they will call us. And, like, nowadays, like, it's all, like, in-app, right? You want to solve your problems within the app or over email. And Airbnb is, like, they actually have people who will call to discuss your case. And uh, the poor guy tried calling me, like, five times, and I kept hanging up on him, being like, stop calling me. (laughs) Finally, he got through to me. He's like, I'm from Airbnb. Don't hang up. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah yeah you got to be careful i guess there you go my god but yeah. um well yeah with the with this film though how do you feel about because i know you weren't a big fan of it beforehand but now after doing this film how do you feel about peas because <laughs> i know that 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 you didn't you luckily you didn't have to snort wasabi but oh. you were snorting like a whole bunch oh. of mushy peas up your nose how, did that, that experience just scar
3: you? Oh, the things we do every time I find myself on set, I'm like, Oh, the things we do for, for the, for the job. Uh, yeah, no, that was gross. I don't want to do that again, but I did it and I did it a bunch of times. And, but that's the thing when you're in it, you're like, yeah, give me the pee <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but the scene where I'm on the floor, uh, you know snorting more some more and then i start gagging and and that that was that was just me gagging that was was real yeah that was real oh my god yeah i made. I really wanted to get in there for for this part like i'm not a method i'm not a method actor at all and i have nothing against method acting but uh for this one i was like okay let's let's get down and dirty let's let's play wow
2: yeah, I see this is every time I hear stories of actors doing stuff like that, It always just like makes me cringe a little bit because I think of all the yeah. things that I don't like and all the, you know, the, the phobias and fears and and, uh, you know, or foods even like whatever. And it just be like, mm, I don't I think I might have to give that part up if that was me. You know what I mean? Like it just like like when I see stuff like where they have spiders walking on them or something because they're going yeah. through like a. am like, no, nope. yeah.
3: I mean, I'm sure there are certain things that I wouldn't do, but at least for this part, I just felt like, you know, I feel lucky as an actor because I get to do things that challenge me and I get to stretch myself in so many directions. It's like the best growth opportunity. So I want more roles like this because then I just, you know, learn skills and discover a a dark side of myself where I I do wild things. I just, it's so good for the imagination. It's so good for your brain and your body to push yourself past your comfort zone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I'm not doing that, I get really lethargic and kind of lazy. And if I keep staying in my own little bubble of comfort, I don't think it's very healthy. So.
1: All right. Well, you've convinced me I'm going to snort some peas tonight then. just, Just do it. Just yeah. check it off your list. Yeah, there you go. i going to snort some <laughs> peace today. Make sure
3: tonight. to wash it down with some water, though. There
1: you <laughs> go. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, of course, since then, you've been working a lot as well. Like, I know that uh, you recently shot Die Alone. Yeah. And it's oh, like Frank God. Grillo, Carrie Ann Moss, <laughs> Douglas Smith. Like, <laughs> this is a fun cast.
3: Oh, man. Oh, what a dream job. First of all, Carrie Ann, I mean... I, I love her. I love her so much. Oh, she's she's spectacular and she's so impressive. And I just love to watch her do her thing. Um, so I'm really excited for everyone to, to see her play this part. Um, and I got to work with Douglas, who's awesome, uh, and um, Frank Grillo, who's just a total badass. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to tease Frank on set. Yeah, I feel like I I grew up with men like Frank. I know how to like, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah there yeah. was a uh,
3: when we were on set. There was uh, we were shooting in um, Katapua, just outside of Regina, and it was like tick season, oh. and ticks there. so everyone was on edge, and uh, I was. We were doing a scene at the table, and I I was just like, oh, and I felt something, and I pulled out a tick, and I just freaked out. i just yelled and i was like Damn! and i flicked it and i think frank thought i flicked it on him and frank lost his shit and i was like you're a pussy <laughs> <laughs> and so buds after that you call him that a pussy and it's just like it breaks the breaks the ice
1: there you go there you go you just so you just go around calling men pussies on set to break the ice eh?
3: i mean frank is <laughs> Frank is like if Frank's a tough guy. You can take it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man! Why? Well, Except it, for yeah. a tick. Except for a yeah, tick. Yeah. Then Except then he runs. A tick. Then he's running for the hills.
1: Everybody oh, has yeah. their weaknesses. Oh, yeah. Frank Grillo's is ticks. That's understandable. <laughs> oh man, my god! And then uh, aren't you're currently working on Love Is the Monster, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm shooting that. Uh, in Northern Ontario. So we were in North bait for a bit and now we are in Perry sound. Yeah. Shooting, uh, shooting a horror film. Of course,
1: Northern Ontario. Of course you're going to shoot a horror film. That's. that's Oh yeah. yeah.
3: And it's like so culty and we're all wearing beige. So, uh, it's, uh, it's cool though. We have an amazing cast. There's 11 of us. Um, so it's just a lot, a lot of fun on set.
1: That's awesome. Nice. That's awesome. Well, I think that uh, people definitely gotta check out Trader. Oh yeah. It's available now on VOD and digital in both the US and Canada. It is like ninety minutes of intensity and I love it. Like it's yeah. this is this is definitely like this is probably the best calling card you will ever have because you do such an amazing job in this film.
3: Thank you. And I, I hope people I hope people feel uh feel compelled to, to to rent it, to go the extra step and and rent it. Um yeah, rent it. Maybe one day it'll be on uh you know streamers. I don't know how that, those things work, but yeah, I yeah.
1: say hey, I say go even further. I say rent it and if you really like it, buy, buy it.
4: it. <laughs> buy it.
1: Add it to your digital collection forever. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for talking with us, Kimberly. We hope you have a great night. Have
3: a good one. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye. So that was Kimberly Sue Murray. You can catch her in Trader. It's available on VOD and digital. And it, yeah, like as we, me and Mr. Green have already said, it is an intense movie.
2: Yeah, I didn't. You know, I, I'll tell you the truth. I didn't even recognize her at first. Like that was the thing. It was like I, I, as the movie went on, I was like, "On, oh, I do know her from somewhere." Like where it just it wasn't yeah well
1: it is it's understandable because you were actually that was an episode I co-hosted with Jay Torres you were off that week when we interviewed her so you only saw photos you never actually got to have mm. the the connection the talking mm. so yeah, go. but
2: it was like I, I like I knew I like I saw the face and I was just like I knew her from somewhere and I was just like where was it? And when I looked at it, I was like, Oh, okay. This all this all starts to make more sense. It now. all
1: makes sense. Definitely. But yeah,
2: no, she does an amazing performance, it's a great film. Uh, you guys should definitely check it out.
1: Totally. And uh what we're gonna do is we're gonna check out a commercial break right now. When we come back, we're gonna be reading your emails and giving our review of the equalizer three right here. Geek card reality radio one oh one. you used to go to the comic shop and browse through the stacks picking up comic after comic talking to your fellow customers and the store owner about what books you should buy what kind of outside people daywalker nonsense are you talking about i don't go outside well thank goodness for back issue bloodbath with andrew young and patula neal when we talk about comics old and new mostly old but sometimes new Every Wednesday, new episodes drop at geekartshow.com or wherever you catch your pots. Check it out and have yourself a good.
0: Welcome back to Geek Card right here on Reality Radio 101. And now back to your host of Geek Card, Andrew Young and Mr. Green.
1: Welcome back to Geek Hard, friends, Andrew Young and Mr. Green here. And we're going to get into your emails about Equalizer and other things. First email here is from Ray B, who writes, hey, welcome back, geeks. It's good to be back. Thank you, Ray. Uh, of course, we were at Fan Expo last week, and I just want to say a quick thanks to both Petula Neal of Back Is you Bloodbath and our cameraman, Sean Siriani for helping us out over the weekend. We've got some great videos coming your way. Ray goes on to say, a 10 for Denzel and his brilliant work. And then he says for Mr. Green, and he's added a uh, little attachment here. Can you describe say what you see, Mr. Green?
2: Uh, well, it's the uh, it's the Doss guy guy, uh, old man, uh, but uh, he's, uh, he's sitting there uh, with uh, a cup of uh, of bacon, which is like, come on, that's that's the star of the picture here, for sure. But you'd uh, see, uh, I don't always eat bacon. Who am I kidding? Of course I do stay crispy, my friends.
1: There you go. Stay it Christian. Tr- it's so true. Thank you for the email, Ray. And it is true. It is. It's I would also say. True.
2: I would also say that that could also be reinterpreted with gravy. Yeah, or uh, Star that- Wars. <laughs> No, I, I you know I do like Star Wars. Yes, one hundred percent. But I don't. It's not like I feed you, on it. You all, stay, yes, stay, you do. I stay, yes, you do.
1: Your essence is based like ninety percent Star Wars.
2: That's, that's mana to my soul. That's different. Right? I'm talking about like real sustenance, right? Like actual. Bacon is physical. technically
1: basic making technically not sustenance. That's that's gonna kill Lies. you. It'll help you. But anyways, Lies. anyways, I got an email from uh, Kelly T. Trader sounds is- interesting. I will check it out. All right. Denzel and his role. Excellent. He's an amazing actor. Hey, geeks. Welcome back to the show. Be well. Thank you, Kelly. We are well, and we thank you for your your good tidings. And here's another regular here. Don S. writes in, hey, geeks, all Equalizer Films A1, a 10 rating. Hey to the old man and enjoy your holiday. Are you somebody talking about me?
2: Yeah, they are.
1: You know, I know the Daseki's guy, eh? Oh yeah, yeah, I know way more than him. that guy's a loser compared to me for God's sakes. But, uh, <laughs> but thanks for the shout out, Don, and thank you for your email. Thank you, old man. No, thank you, thank you. And then we've got David E who writes in "Love the Equalizer, Denzel always a big hit. The guy is an amazing actor, one of the best. Hey, Jimmy's meets at your barbecue this weekend? Well, I don't know. let me see if I can get Jimmy on the uh, the zoom call here. And what? What do you want? Uh, there's there's an email from David E. He's asking about uh, about uh, your meats. Are you uh, are you getting them out there this weekend for uh, for the old Labor Day? Yeah. What do you think? Is the Pope Catholic? Of course I am. It's a freaking long weekend, you know. Every long weekend, every long weekend, I make sure we got the meats out there. How about you there, Green? With your meats, eh? Where'd your meats go, huh?
2: In my stomach. Where they belong.
1: My God, you got you. You had your tasty meats and they went away. I don't think you ever had meats to begin
2: with. I have meats every day. Every day. Do you make those meats? Well, I don't grow the cow. No.
1: (sighs) Fucking amateur. And there he goes. All right.
2: Uh, a lot of a lot of cows being raised in Yonkers, I guess. Uh, you know, I don't
1: know. Maybe has a big backyard. You never know. Uh, maybe,
2: maybe. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing a lot a lot of stuff now in uh, in home gardening these days. So, oh yeah, know, home, far- home so farming, home farm- homesteading. Farming, yeah. There's yeah. a whole homesteading subculture out there. So who knows?
1: Who knows exactly? Well, well, good for Jimmy. That's what I say. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into it. The Equalizer Three. Currently in theaters, directed by Antoine Fuqua, written by Richard Wank, based on the television series created by Michael Sloan and Richard Lindham, produced by Escape Artists, SHIV Productions, and Sony Pictures Entertainment, distributed by Columbia Pictures. Here to read the synopsis is our good friend, the old man. Hey, how's it going?
2: It's good. You're just here.
1: I know, but maybe things have changed, you know. I just want to be courteous. That's okay. All right. Okay. Well, it's you only know, been 60 courteous, seconds. But... Courteous, unlike our good friend here, Andrew, who who was hiding from me the entire Fan Expo weekend. That's not true. I was looking all over for you, old man. No, no, you were hiding. I found a green, and I told, I said to the green, where is it? Where's the Andrew? What'd you say, green?
2: You're uh, uh, going to be around. He's always around. You'll get there yeah, eventually. Yeah, it's
1: always around. I didn't believe that at all. You were ducking me, Andrew. Why was that? I wasn't ducking you. I saw you at the end of the, the, the convention. It was a big convention. Yeah, well, whatever. I don't know. I, know I saw him I
2: mean. throughout the whole weekend, so I don't know. I don't know, old man.
1: All right. All right. We'll, we'll get to the bottom of this eventually. There will be talk later. But right now, Robert McCall finds himself at home in southern Italy. But he discovers his friends are under the control of local crime bosses. I hate it when that happens. As events turn deadly, McCall knows what he has to do. Become his friend's protector by taking on the mafia. So basically, Robert McCall is like, I'm going somewhere. I'm I'm hanging out here. Oh, I just got to be me. I got to do the thing that I always do. Why? Because I'm good at it. Just like me. You know, I go to different places and I do good things. That's what I do. Oh, okay. Like at the convention, I was helping out a lot of people there. They were like, which way, like, I got to find this panel. And I'd be like, oh, well, let me show you. And they were like, do you work here? I'm like, no, but I'm the old man. I know everything. And I did. And they went to the panels. They had fun times. They came up to me later. They're like, oh, old man, you're great. You're, you're, you really helped us out. And I'm like, I do what I can, you know?
2: Yeah. It's good. Tough. Good. Tough. It's a good stuff.
1: Oh, good stuff. I thought you said good, tough. And I'm like, well, yeah, I guess it's good to be tough.
2: Yeah, like Robert McCall in the Equalizer 3.
1: That's right. That's right. Well, I'm going to go now.
2: All right. See you, bud. And
1: there he goes. So Equalizer 3. Now uh, Before I throw it over to Mr. Green, uh, I want to talk about the Equalizer 3. I'm going to be honest. It has been a long time, and I, I vaguely remember – the other two movies. But this, thankfully, this is the type of film where you really don't need to know a hell of a lot of backstory. There is like a couple of little nuances that touch on the previous films. But for the most part, it's a standalone adventure. It is something that you could just get into and watch. If you know what the Equalizer does, you don't really need to have a major refresher course. But they do a great job at the beginning to kind of give you that and what what I really liked is because it's well, it's Antoine Fuqua, so of course it follows that kind of Western motif, it uses a, a Western framework around whatever story he's trying to tell. I've noticed that Antoine does that with a lot of his films, and he does it here, and he does it in a really good way. They did the entire film is in Italy, and he does a lot of the tropes and points that you'd expect in a film like this. But because he like, again, because that is kind of like predictable, but in order to make it different is that he hangs on the, the trauma that's caused by it. Like he doesn't just do like the big explode exploding car moment. And then it's like cut to the next scene, which other films would do. He shows that it's like, Oh, these people get fucked up. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the thing that really drives home this film is that he like he doesn't both the, the, the director doesn't allow you to look away from the, you know, the after effects of it. he shows the intensity, the violence, the viscera. And at some points, you know, he gets pretty graphic with it, but doesn't do it in a way that's offensive. Do you know what I mean?
2: Mhm yeah no no for sure it's um this you're 100% right i was thinking the same thing as I was watching this about the the western motif because um it had you know it 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 uh you know there was elements of shame there's um the you know the spaghetti westerns from you know from what the eastwood was in there's like a ton of those typical strong western motifs throughout and it's so, again, because of uh Washington's acting ability, which, you know, like some of our listeners have already mentioned, he's fantastic. Like, yeah. I'll watch anything that Denzel's in. I have watched almost everything that he's ever made. I won't say every everything, but I've, I'm pretty close to everything. Um Just because I think he's a great actor. I've never yeah, been yeah. I've never been disappointed. And um no, I've been disappointed in some of the films, but never him. Like I'm thinking like the little things from a few years ago, Eh, you know, Mm, he was, he was good. Um, But uh, it's watching this, like you said, like it is completely standalone. There are, as you mentioned, there's links to the first film, there's links to the second film and that's fine. But what I, what I have to really say about this film is uh, twofold. One is it really made me feel back to like the first film because the second film, I think lost its way a little bit. And it's a little, it went went too much to
1: go more into like, let's focus on his life and stuff like this, as opposed to, it was,
2: it was more high action. No, 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 no story. Right. Right. It was a lot of that. And it was, and it just didn't have the same emotional pull as the first film did. Mm -hmm. And I think that one of the benefits of this film, you know, and arguably the final film um, not only just because of what happens in the story, but also because they've been talking about it. You know, Denzel's getting, you know, he's getting older. What? Uh, yeah, I know, right? Although, uh, and it's
1: funny because it's like, usually I don't notice it, but with a shaved head, you can see some of his age. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, like next year, he turned, next December, he turns 70. Yeah. Right. Like it, it, he can't do this forever. Like I know we, we joke about Samuel L. Jackson, right? But like, and Denzel's a fantastic actor. Um, but, at some point, it kind of doesn't work, right? Yeah. And here I thought they did a really great job. One of the other things I noticed, and I've, I've heard them talk a little bit about this, is the reduction in actual on screen violence, which is right. something like there is, I'm not saying there isn't, cause anybody who's watched it already, as you and I have both have, there is violence and it is, and some of it is visceral and very like, but a lot of it is either off camera or behind a shot, like but a body gets in the way. There's, there's not as much. Graphic violence. The
1: violence itself is not focused on. It's more that time is given to the after effects of the violence. Yeah, totally.
2: Exactly. And this is, and I I just like seeing, uh, Robert start to understand that he could let go of the life Mm -hmm. that he lived, right? That was one thing, like in the the original Equalizer film, he couldn't do, right? That was very clear. He couldn't let it go, especially after the trauma of his wife. The second film was just, you know, more of the same. Here, I, I felt like he was finally starting to let go, and it was nice to kind of. And I really do hope it's the last film because I think it, it actually does work as a really great retirement piece.
1: Oh and, yeah, it's a good ending, totally. Yeah, and I think and it really I gotta works for say, that. I also gotta say, of course, the entire Italian cast is amazing. They're fantastic, oh. but. It was fun having Dakota Fanning in this. I actually enjoyed yeah. her as the plucky, you know, FBI, or CIA, uh, financial agent. Yeah.
2: I, there was, as I was watching it, I kept trying to rewrite the film to, to make somehow
1: it. connected to Man on Fire. I, like, yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, like just in a weird way. And I was just like, you know, and I was like, it was the same, it's the same girl, but like it's obviously Denzel's a different person, but I was just like, and then
1: I also got to add in there, David Denham. There's a guy that, oh, yeah. over the past number of years, is getting to pop up in these little roles. You know, he's no longer just known as the uh, the asshole uh, fiance from The Office. He now has like all these really like interesting, fun roles that he pops up in, and this one yeah, and, is one of
2: them. And you never, you can never trust him on a film, like on a project. He's a character. <laughs> he's one of those characters. No, I'm being serious. I
1: know. I know. I know.
2: He's yeah. one of those character actors that you just, as soon as you see him, you're like going hmm mm, What? Indeed. where where is this uh, this character going you know it's like it's always a flip of the coin and that's what yeah. i like about him you know he does really interesting work every single time
1: no totally so what are you saying you say people should see in theaters wait till rental stream and skip it all together
2: uh no i i really enjoy this i would say go check it out in the theaters especially if you're a denzel fan or if you like the first two films um i think this really works and i i really do think that this is is a nice a nice way to end the summer You know, it's a, it's a nice, uh,
1: totally. Yeah. I didn't think, I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I did because, as I said, I couldn't remember the first two films, even though I knew I saw them. Yeah. And I I, like Antoine Fuqua, but, and I like Samuel Jackson. I just couldn't remember them, but, uh, yeah, really enjoyed this film. So definitely check it out in theaters. We're going to take a commercial break when we come back. We're talking to Marnie Van Dyke about her tiff short. This is not about swimming. Right here, Geek Hard Rad Radio 101. Every day, every day. Want to advertise on Geekard and be heard by thousands of listeners? It's easy, it's simple, it's fun. Email us at GeekCardshow at gmail.com for information on our advertising packages today.
0: Welcome back to Geek card right here on Reality Radio 101
1: my How long were you
3: my
0: And now back to your geeks Andrew Young and Mr. Green.
1: Welcome back friends Andrew Young and Mr. Green here. It's that time of year again. It's time where Toronto is taken over by the magical world of film. That's right. The Toronto International Film Festival is starting next week. And uh, for the next few weeks, we're going to be doing some TIFF coverage. You're going to hear me interviewing some directors, and we're also going to be giving reviews of films that both myself and Mr. Green see at the festival. Plus I will be posting written reviews at geekartshow.com. It's all coming your way and we're kicking it off tonight with our next guest. She is a screenwriter and director based in Toronto, Uh, Marnie Van Dyke, who's had a number of great projects. But this is a project, a short film that she is uh, getting to premiere at TIFF. Welcome to the program, Marnie Van Dyke. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Well, thank you for coming on. Of course, your, your short film is This Is Not About Swimming. Mm-hmm. And uh, My first question was when I was about to watch it. Well, is it about swimming?
4: Was it? <laughs> was, <laughs> was it? About what's it about? What's, then? what's
1: it? Is yeah. If it's not about swimming and she's swimming, what is it about? I don't know. So, just uh if you could summarize, let the people know what the film is about.
4: Sure, this is not about swimming. is uh, a little story about personal bravery. It's about a woman named Kyle who's in her late 40s who doesn't know how to swim and she's very afraid of swimming. And so she decides what she's going to do is learn to swim and she's determined to do so. And, of course, it's sort of terrifying for her, but she puts on a bathing suit, also terrifying experience for some people, <laughs> and goes to a public pool to learn. Um, but she has a sister who is very pregnant and very – Confused as to why she is doing this because their mother has just died. So it's, of course, not about swimming. It's about how we navigate grief, but, um, and how sometimes navigating grief can put us at odds with the people that are closest to us. Um, but yeah, uh, so it's, it's not about swimming, but she is trying to learn how to swim. So it is sort of about swimming, swimming, but of course, so much it's more swimming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
2: Exactly. Well, yeah. You know, and, and, and as you mentioned, right, like it's, it's always I find fascinating when you talk to people who are obviously going through the process of grieving and how, you know, and obviously it's difficult for those who have ever mm-hmm. experienced it. It's a very difficult process, but it's also a very strange one, because as the film points out, you know, mm-hmm. it we all don't do it the same way. You know, it isn't mm-hmm. we all sit in a room you know, with the door locked and the lights off and cry for seven years. No, it's not, but it is for some Mm -hmm. other people. It could be about, about laughing or going to watch movies. It's, that's one of the things that I, I liked about it was, you know, talking about that idea that grief is unique to the individual
4: yeah. And that it's not linear and that it's sort of uncomfortable and, and awkward. And people can be experiencing the same thing and reacting very differently to it. For me personally, I've always felt that la- laughter is a life raft. And I think that humor is healing. And when we think of sort of catharsis, um, we often think of sort of the tears, but I do think that laughter is a release. And for me, when I have gone through some of the hardest times in my life. I know I'm just so so desperate for levity and my way of processing the hard stuff is to, to try to find the light. And I kind of work back in this film from laughter. Like that is sort of how the, not to spoil it, but I wanted to get this character to this place of release and levity. And for that to be sort of a weird moment, um, and and I sort of worked back from there to build her to that, to build her to that spot. But I completely agree. There's a, a lot of ways to navigate things. I think we've all been through it in a lot of ways in the past few years. And so that's kind of what I was trying to do here was um, offer up sort of a little hopeful piece, a little sort of break in the sky moving forward.
1: Yeah, no, totally. And like, that's the thing. There is, there is a lot of levity in this, but it's like, it's a comedy, but it's not like a, an out and out comedy. It is very much like a real life comedy. It, what I really, like, these are the types of films I really enjoy the most when Mm. everything feels like it would in real life. Nothing feels like a movie moment. It feels Mm -hmm. like, well, these, these are real characters. This is how things go down. Even when, you know, the, there are a few short, small moments in the film that are a bit, you know, like out of the blue. <laughs> yeah. Like, I got to say, Emma Hunter, of course, is a great comic oh. actor. Oh. Best introduction yeah. for a character <laughs> I've seen in a long time. That is just yeah. the best And what I also loved is that Emma's character, you know, she's just emoting out to Jessica to kyle jessica allen's character mm-hmm. just giving her all like saying like i'm trying to get through this as well like uh, this is how grief's affecting me and she's crying but because it's emma hunter the comedy is just coming through at the same time i feel for the character but i can't stop laughing at the same time so when it came to this was that that was definitely i'm guessing what you were going for with emma right
4: oh i mean listen if i could write for Emma Hunter, for the rest of my life, I would be a happy person because she is one of the funniest people who's ever walked this planet. And she just so understands how to ground humor in the reality of, of living in the world. And she, she understands my writing very, very well. And also I understand her strength as a performer, but a hundred percent, you know, Kyle, who's played by Jessica Allen beautifully. It, Jessica's not a, actor she's not she um this you know I I went to Jesse and I was I I kind of wrote it with her in mind which is a terrible thing I would never recommend doing because you never know if someone will say yes but she wasn't and then I wanted to pair her with Emma who is like such an incredible grounding force because I wanted to have these two opposite arcs um Jesse's character starts sort of like completely out of control and doesn't know which way is up and over the course of the film she sort of finds her her power and her purpose and she steps into it and then Emma's character Ange the sister sort of has the opposite trajectory she starts the film confidently and the more Kyle sort of commits to this goal which to her seems so inconsequential the more it kind of unravels her the more she doesn't understand then what's what's which way is up and so they sort of go on these opposite trajectories and so 100 that was it um when I was writing the character of Angela, I wrote it for Emma and I I wanted her to I mean like a sort of crazy pregnant lady is a great just like a really fun character um to begin with but I just knew she could hit all of those really like intimate mo- moments there's There's such a hard turn in the script where she goes from talking about all this sort of nonsense to trying to have an emotional moment with her sister. And it's such a difficult turn to make as an actor. And she does it just like, you can just see the discomfort in her body and so small. She's just, she's such a gifted dramatic and comedic performer. We all think of her as a comic, but I mean, I've never seen uh, Juliet, performance of Juliet as strong as Emma Hunter's, so she she has the ability to oscillate between those two things beautifully, yeah.
2: Totally, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, in both cases, you you got great performances out of both of them, and it, it mm-hmm. really helps sell the, the entire mm-hmm. storyline, right? Like, as mm-hmm. Andrew alluded earlier, like, you know, it's very, it's not often that we get to see something uh, with all the stuff that we do, me and him watch on a regular basis, that we see yeah. something that feels like really real and and not put upon you know Thanks. like that was the thing I like, was even watching um uh the characters go through their two different versions of uh of, mm-hmm. of grief and I was just like yeah, I've kind of felt both of those in my own past. And then knowing people I know who have gone through it, it's just like, that was really great to see, you know? And mm-hmm. even the introduction uh out front. Uh, yeah.
1: We don't I want honest- to give it
4: away because it's no. just such a great en- it en- is.
1: entrance for a character. Totally.
4: It is, it is. I love a strong character introduction personally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: But I just wanted to say is like it, I felt it so real because the, pregnant ladies that I have known over the years has expressed very similar sentiments at times.
4: (laughs) Exactly. No. Yeah. That was, that was exactly the whole thing. And I learned that I didn't even realize this. Um, One of our producers, Jen Delusia, told me, it's like not even illegal to do that. um, If you're pregnant uh, in the city of Toronto, it's a bylaw. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. There you go. go. I didn't know. I was like, good to know. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. (laughs) For sure. Well, just
2: just in case in the future, if it yeah. ever you know you just like if you are, then you know. All right, great. Here we yeah. go. Yeah, it.
4: yeah, it's interesting. It's like the film is called "This is Not About Swimming." You think it's about this person who's swimming, and I think ultimately the film, what you really care about, is the relationship between these two these two women, these two mm. people, and they're so at odds. But I think you know, like that's yeah, the it doesn't feel like that's what it is until I think we get to the end. But I think that's an, impor- an important piece of it for me is like, we want to know that our, this relationship is going to be okay. And I don't think like it's, I, I, they're still not on the same page at the end of the film, just like at the beginning of the film. But I think, yeah. yeah, that that was something too about the grieving process is that I found personally, sometimes people can sort of retreat and isolate when they're trying to process. And something that I've learned is if you open yourself up, um you you're much more able to connect, and so that is kind of where we we leave it is like they're trying, and that might oh, yeah. be enough um mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, yeah even oh, the
2: cool. uh even the swim instructor uh I was Isn't like great, I was like wow this th- this guy is like is he a registered therapist like the way <laughs> just the way that he handles the situation I was like wow, this is yeah, Human Daniel's beings. a
4: brilliant actor too. Yeah. and I, they actually was the origin of the original idea of the of the film was there was somebody in my life who was um, a very accomplished long distance swimmer and it required such a tremendous amount of time swimming <laughs> and it's not like running or cycling where you can listen to music. You're underwater. You're just you're literally underwater. And this person would train for hours and hours and hours and hours. And, hours. and I. So, you know, it's I, that's a very particular type of person. And, you know, we all know people that are afraid of water that don't know how to swim. And I kind of was neutral. I I learned to swim as a kid. But I don't really feel any which way about water. Yeah, and when way. I sort asked, of asked him, I'm like, what do you think about when you are swimming for 35 hours a week? And they said what Daniel says in the film, which is nothing. And to me, I was like, oh, suddenly it opened up this idea that this place that can be such a source of like fear and anxiety for some people is actually a source of peace and freedom. And that's what it was for that swimmer. And so that's what I wanted to give to Daniel so that I could put these two characters, these that have are very unlike each other, that would have no really reason to ever interact with each other in the world and figure out how one could, how they both actually could influence each other because you do see over the course of the film, um, Daniel's like, at first it doesn't see her really or yes. care. And I think over time kind of starts to notice this persistence and, um, and, and tries to emotionally connect with her in order to help her along. And I think, I think inspires him on in a little bit because she's, put herself out there in such a sort of like humiliating way and the 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 gift he gives her like sort of lets her her break free and find her own sense of peace so so yeah but he's such a brilliant actor just so confident and again like he's such a wonderful scene partner with Jesse
1: oh totally yeah I I say the yeah it's, you know, it's an under 12 minute film and it has mm-hmm. two, two great story arcs happening at the exact same time, <laughs> just as so you laid out there. It is such a, such an enjoyable film that, of Thanks. course, is going to be playing at TIFF at as Tiff, part baby. of Shortcuts program. Now, this is your directorial debut, correct? Yeah. So how excited are you that your directorial debut is at this year's Toronto International Film Festival?
4: Oh man, it's a total dream. Yeah. It's a total dream. This doesn't happen. This is not how it goes. Um, Yeah. I've, you know, I I've been in the industry for a long time. I've been a writer for a long time yeah. and this was sort of the first time I took a swing at directing my own material. And so, you know, making independent film, you know, you, you're really asking for a lot of people to trust you and get on board and support you. And there's not a lot of resources um so when you I got this like incredible team of people everybody um in front and behind the camera were just like absolutely incredible and you really hope that you can put it together and that we'll have a little bit of a life but like TIFF is just such an incredible festival and so to have our world premiere there it's like a very special thing and I just am, I'm glad that that is sort of a gift for the whole team that made this little weird film that uh that it's that it resonated with the programming team at TIFF and that I hope, you know, resonates with audiences as well. You know, shorts are, are, are interesting. It's like you're, you're a whole little world in this little tiny little package. But yeah, man, dream come true. This is the greatest. It's so great.
1: That's awesome. Well, I look forward to people getting to check it out as part of the Shortcuts program at TIFF Mm -hmm. this year. As I said, I had a lot of fun with this film. I really enjoyed it. I laughed. I was touched. It was great. (laughs) It was very much. And so I hope that you have an excellent time at the festival and maybe we'll run into each other out there on Festival Street.
4: Oh, that would be a total dream. High five. And don't forget to stay hydrated because every year, the same thing. I'm like... (laughs) Keeling over by day four because I, I always make water. sure I have my water. That's that's the thing. Usually,
1: I come out of every if I'm at the if I'm at the Scotia Bank. After yeah. every screening, I walk directly to the drink thing with whatever cup I have, fill it with the water, and just keep going. So.
4: You're better than I. I'm like mainlining coffee and like, do, we, do we. So this year, I'll change I'll change the narrative for myself. All right. That's, that's, <laughs> that's,
2: that's good. I, I got dehydrated last year on, on this first Saturday. It was a bad scene, so.
4: scene. No, no, no.
2: No, you don't want that.
1: Definitely no. don't want that. Well, thank you so much. Thank Hope you. Hope you have a great night. Wonderful. You too. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Bye, Marty. Bye. Bye. So that was Marnie Van Dyke who was uh, wearing a pretty awesome Jaws t-shirt while we talked to him.
2: She absolutely was. Yeah,
1: uh, of course, as I said, this is not about swimming. Is playing uh, as part of the Shortcuts program at TIFF. Go to TIFF.net and look at the schedules to find out when it is playing. Uh, we've come to the end of the program. Mr. Green, where can the good folks find us?
2: Well, as always, if you like what we do here, you can find additional content over at patreon.com slash For everybody who participates in that right now, we thank you guys ever so much. You guys are a super big help. For those of you who don't, that's cool. We get you. We love you too. We, we think you guys are great. You know, but it would be super cool if you joined
1: us. Just do it. Come a part us. of the team.
2: Of course, uh, other content is always available through YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Yes, even Pinterest. Search Geek Art Show on any of those platforms and you'll find us there. Of course, check out our website, geekartshow.com, for more news, reviews, and the podcast version of this very show, available on Mondays after 2 p.m. Of course, if you didn't listen live like you did tonight, or if you're super forgetful like I am, best way to hear us is to do what, Andrew?
1: Is to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice, be it the iTunes, the Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitch, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you catch your pods. And please, while you're there, leave a five-star rating and review, because it helps with the analytics. And as I said before, go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash show and subscribe.
2: Absolutely. And if uh, you want to continue the conversation with us, you can always email GeekHardShow at gmail.com.
1: I want to thank Marty Van Dyke and Kimberly Sue Murray for coming on the program for Kimberly Sue Murray for Trader for The Equalizer 3 for Marty Van Dyke for This Is Not About Swimming and For all you good people and Mr. Green and Yuri in the booth, this is Andrew Young saying, if you're going to geek out, you might as well geek hard on Reality Radio 101.
0: Thank you for listening to Geek Hard with your host, Andrew Young, and Mr. Green right here on Reality Radio 101.